Welcome to our Wednesday night weekly shir. Tonight, today was Bez Nisan, the second day of the month of Nisan. Um, as we start to now get closer to Chaga Pesach, we will discuss some laws pertaining to Pesach. I have a cold. Don't ask how I got it. <coughs> it's going to be difficult to hear me. Pash Mitzayra. Mitzayra being separate from Tazriya, as we spoke last week. So there's a ton of things to talk about. Pash Mitzayra, of course, has its own powerful messages. Basically, in a continuation of what we've been hearing about in Tazia, about the Nagoyim, about the Tzaras, we know that there was a phenomenon in that the Tzaras in the wall of the Jew <coughs> was in essence a blessing. That blessing was when the Goyim, when the non-Jews heard, the Canaanim heard that the Eden were coming to conquer Eretz Yisrael, realizing that they were powerless against Eretz Yisrael, against the Eden. I don't even know who that is. Don't put them on that. Not so, but not so, but say so. And the Mitzrayim, the Kananim immediately went and they hid their riches. Because eventually they figured, just as they were thrown out of Etzisrael, the Jews eventually will be thrown out as well. So they hid their riches, their gold, their silver, their jewelry, in the walls of the house. If there was a tzeras in the house, the house had a sign where the stones were affected by tzeras, the stones would be broken out they would find the treasures. Who? Was the boss? Who's the boss here? Is this from God? Is this in God's hand? Everything is everything coming from God? Is part of God? Or is this actually something from the Jew himself? Pasuk says, "When the sati and I give." Tzeras, the negatives, the mark of the Tzeras, in the house, the land of your inheritance. And Rashi tells us, as we just explained, the Fishet Minu Amaraim Matmenia Shazov Bekirez Bateem, 
That they hid the stuff and it was found through the nega. Teda is not a story. <coughs> Teda is not a history book. The word Teda is Lashon Heiro, a lesson. In history is, is a, lesson, a lesson for us. What, therefore, is the lesson that we need to learn, we need to derive? Thank you. Wow. From this concept, from this Negat Saras, in Teda Erdat Rebbe explains that the Klippe the impurities of the Amaroyim Ameda is Lashon Amira of speaking so what is the Klippe what is the negative here the negative is the talk that was not of a proper way words of Shtusim words of folly It's called Amirei. <coughs> Amirei, plural, of the many things that the person said that were not proper. So therefore the Amarayim were the Kayach Adibur of the Klippa. The one that spoke the Shtusim. Dvar Betelim. Lashon Haran Achman al Oh. And because of this, in the house of Amaroim, this is my daughter from Switzerland, this is Yafid. They hid everything. It was hidden, all the gold and the silver. Because what was their whole cut, what was their whole way of doing things? Their whole existence to turn over and to destroy what talk, what word could do. Instead of one talking words of Kedusha, it was turned to words of folly. And this is through talking in Yanni Kedusha and the Burim Tevim. By learning Teda, we not only achieve that we conquer this, but we reveal the goodness and the kindness and the greatness. And we reach and we achieve to the gold and the silver the true treasures of our talking. <coughs> the Rambam explains Sichas Kshari Yisrael What is the pure, the holy talk of the Jew is Teda and Chachma. Therefore HaKadosh Baruch helps through them and sees to Give them the merit. As we see the Pasik says, Then the God-fearing will speak one to another, and the Almighty will hear. The Almighty will listen and hear. That these holy words pale. They cause an effect that the Almighty helps us and is mezakas. Now the truth is, nothing is coincidental. Everything Ashkacha Pratis. Therefore, Ashkacha Pratis, we're talking here in the holiday of Pesach. And the mitzvah on the Leil of Pesach is the Haggadah. To talk, the speech. Story is told the Holy Badichava. The Holy Badichava had his Seder and his glorious, glorious Seder 
According to Rashi, it was an ongoing miraculous sign. If ever it happened and the house had to be broken out, it was in order to be able to find the treasures. But it's a it's a metaphor also that the person being their own house, each person is his own house, Shachanti Besecham, the Almighty rests amongst us. If God forbid a person has to break out sometimes, tear out a part that's improper, that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, they find the true inner treasures of themselves. The Holy Badishiva held a Seder, Pesach Seder, like only the Badishiva can do. And needless to say, the words of the Haggadah were not just words of Haggadah, but they were explained, and not just explained in literal translation, but esoterically. The holiest and Kabbalistic explanations of everything in the Haggadah and everything that went on during the Seder. Nope. Come again. The Seder is well past midnight, and the Seder finishes. And the chsidim are related, the chsidim are flying high. They're full of joy and, and spirituality. And they merit to hear a heavenly voice. And the heavenly voice says, The Seder of the Yitzchak Baditcha was amazing. But it comes bland in comparison to Schmetel, the tailor. Schmetel, the tailor, had a better seder than the Badichva. Needless to say, the Badichva was shaking. <coughs> Schmetel, the tailor of my town, in Badichv. He must be a holy hidden tzaddik that I don't know about. I need to go find him. I need to go hear what did he do by the Seder that I didn't do. But where is he? And so the Chassidim started to discuss there's no tailor in town called Shmerel. What do we do? Finally, one of the Chassidim recalled 20 years ago there was a tailor Schmetel who could not sew a stitch things fell apart garments were just disintegrating it was worthless he couldn't stay in business after a month <coughs> nobody would go back to him Nebuch problem was though now that you have no parnosa. Everybody turns in different directions, and his direction he took, he became an alcoholic. He became a drunk. The Shmero, the drunk, now lived at the end of the town. There was a bunch of cartons or crates by the water. And these cartons, he put together and made himself a little house. He and his wife lived there. And Shmerel Nabuch sat and drank vodka. So, it's two o'clock in the morning and the Baditshira goes with several chassidim to the house on the outskirts of town. Excuse me, to speak to Shmerel and hear what did you do? What was your seder that was so much more holy than mine? And he gets to the Shmerel and he knocks on the, he waits and he hears somebody walking around. <coughs> Somebody's walking around, he knocks on the door. And the humble wife comes to the door, she opens up whatever door they had there. And he says, Is your husband of Shmerel home? And she says, Of course he is. I'm happy you came, Rebbe. Maybe he'll learn a lesson now, you'll come and teach him a lesson for his awful behavior. No. 
Nietzsche says, can I speak to him? She says, of course, one minute. And you hear the way she's filling up a bucket with water. And you hear her screaming after she tosses this water. It must be at her husband. Wake up, you drunk you. The Rebbe is here. He came to punish you. Shmerel wakes up. He's in a stupor. And he crawls out to the door and he sees the Badichva himself. He starts to tremble and he falls at the feet of the Badichva and he figures he's really here to punish me. And he's begging for forgiveness. Please, Rabbi, please don't hurt me, don't don't curse me, don't punish me. Badichva, with his holy hands and his kindness and compassion, stands up Shmerel. Shmerel, I'm not here to punish you. I want to talk to you. Go change into something dry and let's talk. Shmerel changes his shirt and they come and they sit down by the rickety table and the Badichva says, Shmerel, please tell me, please, what did you do by your Seder that was so special and pleasing to the Almighty? Shmerel starts trembling again. He had a Seder. <laughs> What's he going to tell the Rebbe? The Rebbe is going to for sure punish him now. The Rebbe says, no, 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 please just tell me. I'll tell you the truth, Rebbe, he says. When my mother was pregnant with me, there was a pogrom in my town, and my father was killed. So he died before I was born. I was an infant, and the Shvakein with my mother died. And I literally rolled from house to house as an infant, as a baby, as a child. And nobody wanted to spend time with me, or to spend money on me. Nobody educated me, nobody taught me a thing. <coughs> Hence, I can't read, I can't anything. When I grew older, I saw I had to start to try to do something. I tried to be a tailor. And also, obviously, Semenish Gilunga didn't work. What should I tell you? Rabbi got married and I was so depressed I just took the drinking. Okay. Well, because I'm such an ignoramus, the whole year is one long day to me. I know that every seventh day is Shabbos. I know that Arab Shabbos people give me sometimes a little bit of khala, kugel, or something for Shabbos. And they give extra vodka as a gift for Shabbos. But I don't know when the holidays come about. Earlier this morning, I came to the streets, and I see there's a hustle and bustle. People are running and going and schlepping. And bre- Finally, I saw somebody I recognized. I said, please tell me, my friend, please tell me. What happened? Why is everybody running? He's running with boxes, he's running with mops, he's running with pails, he's running with... What happened here? I shmetal. It's Pesach tonight. What's wrong with you? Pesach? What's Pesach? Pesach? I remember something about Egypt, Mitzrayim. But I didn't really know. Pesach, we eat matzah. For eight days, you're not allowed to eat chametz. Unless you go to the cell, then you get away with seven. And you can't drink that lousy vodka of yours either. He says, eight days, no vodka? He says, yeah. Shmerel started hyperventilating, he says. The fight fi- the of the fellow saw this, Shmerel really doesn't understand, doesn't know. And he gave him a substantial amount of money, go buy yourself some matzah, some wine. Shmerel went and he took the money and he started to walk around and people saw him and they gave him more money because Erev Pesach people have compassion to the poor as we're going to discuss about Moes Chitim soon. And he bought he bought beautiful yomtiv, matzahs, wine and, and, and some chicken and some fish. And, but after buying everything candles he had money left over. He wants to touch metal with money after 
Eight days, no vodka. <laughs> he bought himself the biggest bottle of vodka he can get. And he just drank. And drank until the time when you're allowed to drink to eat comets. He drank that bottle to the last drop. Needless to say, he came home with all the packages and collapsed on his bed. In a stupor. Dead drunk, as we say. It came the evening, and all of a sudden I got my alarm clock. You heard about my alarm clock before, right? The bucket of water came zatzing down on my head, and my wife started screaming, Shmerel, get up, you paskudnyak. You gotta make a seder. It's Pesach tonight. Seder? What seder? When seder? I changed my shirt, and I came to the table where we're sitting now, and I was shocked. There were plates. There was silverware. There was candles. There was matzahs. There was wine. And in front of me was a book. I got there. But I had no idea which way to hold it. So my wife says, no, we have to make the say this. So he said, okay. She's reading the God. I said, I don't know how, but I will know. He said, Tonight is Pesach. Pesach, you took us out of Mitzrayim. You took us out of Mitzrayim because Mitzrayim was a Golos, was exile. And now we are again in Golos. Therefore, make for us a modern day Pesach and take us out of exile again and bring us Mashiach. Because that's all that's going to save us. We need finally Mashiach to come save us. I ate my matzah, I drank my four cups of wine gladly, and I went back to sleep. At this point, the Baditchev understood. All his, the Baditchev's holy thoughts and holy connections and everything that he brought down, Kabbalistics, were wonderful. Stuff is vile. There was no fresco in the stuff. They're cleaning for Pesach already. Well, it beats what I'm drinking. Don't ask. I should be drinking vodka instead. Anyway. Up the cold. The words of sincerity. The concept of beseeching Mashiach. The Baditshiva now understood how this Seder was at a higher level than his. So this goes also into what we said now about the Pasha Amaroyim. The word about the Pasha of talking, how the sincere words of a Jew accomplish tenfold anything that we could possibly even think of doing. We mentioned today was Bayes Nissen. We'll give a shout out, a happy birthday to a dear friend in Florida whose birthday is Bayes Nissen every year. Bayes Nissen is also the yard site of the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe. who was born on Chof Cheshvin. <coughs> he was the Rebbe for 37 years and was nostalgic at the age of 59. Did he die at 59? On Beis in 1920. Originally, the Rebbe was born in Lubavitch, which, as you might know, is a small town in White Russia, known as Belarus. 1920 is the First World War. 39 is the Second. They're amazing in history.
How could I be alive from the first world war? If the second world war was in 1920, how would I still be alive? No, nah, the, the second world war is one thing. The first war. Um, Belarus, in White Russia, city of Lubavitch. But Yud Zayin Cheshvin, 1915, Tavrish Vov, just a hundred years ago, the Rebbe Rashab had to leave Lubavitch. What he thought would be temporary, and went to a city called Rastav Andon. Um, Rastav Andon is not even a neighboring city in an imagination. If you want to know, if you know any kind of geography of the uh, former USSR, this being Lubavitch was in White Russia, which is out far east, far west. In Smolensk, near Smolensk, Smolensk being probably the furthest west part of Russia that borders White Russia. Why is it called White Russia? That's what they called it. I don't know, Belarus. Mm-hmm. Then it's from Lubavitch, the city of Lubavitch. It's a seven-hour drive, not a car, not a bu- not a horse and buggy, but with a good bus that can move a little bit. It's a seven-hour ride from there to Moscow, from Lubavitch to Moscow. Um, from Moscow, you got to go south, almost southeast, actually, even, down to Rostov. Um, not recommended to drive. There's a flight. It's an hour flight. So it's definitely not a ride that you'd want to take with a horse and buggy. But it's also a city that the Rebbe saw, the Rebbe figured, would be out of harm's way. And they traveled to Rostov to keep themselves away from the war. After World War One, the Russian Revolution placed Lubavitch under control of the communists. And the Rebbe Rashab decided to stay in Rostov. In 1920, the communists solidified control of Rostov as well, and it became illegal for any gatherings of more than three people. And there were curfews, etc. Needless to say, for the Rebbe to sit down to have a fabrengen with his chassidim would be a little tough going. The Rebbe, though, would recite, would recite a Maimah every week. Unfortunately, because the Chassidim could not gather, there was only a few people there. When Purim came that year, though, everybody thought that nobody else was coming. Typical. And as we say in America, either that was the case or not the case, but everybody imagined that nobody else was coming except for them, and they showed up by the Rebbe's house. And one by one, that Tuesday afternoon, the Rebbe's house started to fill. Curfew was 9 p.m. The Rebbe started to bring at 6.30. So they figured by 9 o'clock it'll be over, because it's a curfew. It's dangerous. Chassidim were very subdued. They didn't know what to deal with what they're going to have to deal with here. They were scared. And the Rebbe said to say the Chaim. They said the Chaim, and the Rebbe started to sing a nigun. The Rebbe's son, the Friedrich Rebbe, was sitting next to him. And he said, shh, sing quietly. It's dangerous. The Rebbe Rashab noticed what his son was doing. He said, no, 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 no. It's put in, sing, and don't worry about anybody. Then the Rebbe gave somebody a large amount of money and said, go buy Mumashka. It should be a real Purim Fabrengen. There was a... (coughs) 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 
fund. The Rebbe would use his own discretion for distribution. They used to call it Kupas Rabbeinu. Till today we have Kupas Rabbeinu. The Rebbe put out a tray. Or asked to have a tray put out. A big silver tray in the middle of the table. And told everybody to contribute to Kupas Rabbeinu. They wished to help. The one, that was one of the evenings that the communists were doing their sweeps. They were checking everybody out. Around 10 o'clock, three officers came into the house. They wanted to check everyone's passport. The chassidim was shaking. But the shamans told them, the Rebbe is busy, come back later. They didn't say anything, they walked away. The phenomenon itself. And the Rebbe said again, the chayim. So one of the chassidim said, the chayim. The Rebbe said, the chayim of the v'racha. Hashem should give us life. I don't mean just living, surviving, and not dying, but life full of vitality. And the Rebbe said another maimah. Excuse me, he said a maimah, then he said some sikhas, explaining how we have to nullify the opposite, the klipa is the opposite of the Kedusha. A few hours later, when these officers actually returned, they came in and saw a gathering after curfew, more than three people. What's going on? But they didn't say anything. Feeling Rebbe noticed how shocked they were. He wanted to take away the vodka, wanted to take away the tray of money. The Rishab told him, calm down. Just continue. I'm not intimidated by them. Because holiness always remains in its place. And therefore I have no fear from them, of them at all. The Rebbe then turned to his son, the Rebbe Felix Rebbe, the Rebbe Rayatz, And he told him, we're going to complete, and I don't mean complete, We'll serve Hashem in secret, only if we serve Hashem in secret, but we're going to remain even whole when we do it publicly. Because the klipa has no substance to be able to counter us. They wanted to go to the Rebbe's private study. The Rebbe said there they're going to become completely nullified. They didn't enter the study. They opened the door, they looked inside, and they said, that's it. Then the Rebbe said, the Rebbe was in such a good spirit, he said, another Maimah, he said, the Maimah, that started Reish's Goyim Amalek. And he explained the forces that oppose godliness don't exist in the true sense. The entire entity is void and nothingness. The officers stood there for a few hours and they said, we got to check some passports. The so three guys whose papers were in order showed them the papers and they left. The Rebbe fabrained till four o'clock in the morning. The Chassidim were hoping that this was a sign that the communism is going to break and they're going to get away from this. That much of Shabbos, Pasha Kisisa, the Rebbe locked himself in his study and he wrote his will. The following Thursday night of Pasha Vayakat Kudai, which was Chafal of Adir, it was evident the Rebbe was not feeling well. On Monday, the Chassidim fasted the entire day and they read the Torah portion like on a regular fast day. And every night they sat and said the whole Tillam. Shabbos Pashva Yikra, the Rav of Rastov, Rav Bernon, announced everybody should go to the shul that afternoon and they should say the entire Tillam. Begging Hashem for the recovery of the Rebbe. They had the best doctors, but everything was unsuccessful. 10 o'clock in the evening, a few hours before the Rebbe passed away, the Rebbe said 
I am going to heaven, but my writings I am leaving with you. And at three o'clock in the morning, before that, the Rebbe saw, the Rebbe asked to be taken to the study hall. He saw his son shaking. The Rebbe Hashab told him, Moichin, Moichin, use your mind, don't lose your heart. The mind rules. The Rebbe, the Rebbe Hashab was too weak to use alcohol for Abdullah. He made Abdullah on coffee. And between 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning, the doctor saw that Rebbe Hashab wanted to spend time alone with his family. Rebbe Hashab blessed his three granddaughters individually, then blessed his only son, the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rashag, who was the future son-in-law of the Friedrich Rebbe, was also called in and got the Rebbe's bracha. The Chassidim were allowed in, and what the Shabbos Pashva Yikra, Beznison, and at 3.30 in the morning, the Rebbe was nostalgic. There was big problems, burial, to put him in a Jewish cemetery, etc., but Baruch Hashem, ultimately you can go to, to Rastav, and there's an ale of the Rebbe Rashab. What does this mean? I am going to heaven and my ksavim, my writings, I leave to you. Obviously, someone's going to heaven. He doesn't take his writings with him. In a uh, posthumous fashion, I've told the story before of a uh, let's not mention who it was, a shliach that came to a very, very wealthy man who was quite old. And he said to him, we need a donation for our Chabad house. And the very, very wealthy man wrote him a very, very meager check. Nothing in comparison to what he could write. Shliach looked at the check and said to him, Mr., I forgot, there's one more thing I do. One more capacity I have, I hold. I'm also Cherve Kadisha. It's okay. I'm the burial society. And all the people I've buried, I promise you, not one of them ever went with a pair of pants with pockets. There's no pockets in those pants. You can't take any money with you. The man couldn't believe the audacity of this, this rabbi. He asked for his check back, and he wrote a very, very substantial check back to him. He says, the chutzpah, you opened my eyes, but with proper chutzpah, because you really mean it, you meant it with conviction. How could he take it with him? <coughs> the rabbi writes a letter, it's physical, it's here. He's not taking it with him. And also, why saying that I am going to heaven? Chazal tell us, Tzadikim deimim lebeidon. Tzadikim are equivalent to their creators. When it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Holy Teda, Chazal say, Ano nafshik sovis yehovis. The Gemara tells us, for those keeping score at home, Pesach Shabbos, Tafkufeyam and Aleph, the word Anechi is an acronym of Anah Nafshik Savis Yehovis. I, my excellent, my soul. So we see the Almighty gave and put into words of Teda His essence. And the same thing with Tzadikim, who are compared to the Almighty, compared to the Creator. They put in, they invest within their words of Torah, they invest their essence. And this is what the Rebbe Rashab told us a message. I am going to heaven, 
but my letters I leave to you. I put myself within into these letters. I put my part of me into my writings. After I go to heaven, my essence will still remain in them. And therefore he himself will remain in this world. And this is how we live with the tzaddik, by living with his actual words. One of the customs of Chedesh Nisan excuse me is every day we say the Nasi the nice customs that we have even, the nice things that we almost call as customs <coughs> sorry we don't say Tachnun the whole month of Nisan and that's because the first 12 days is the Nasi, 8 days is Passover, so 20 days out of the month we're already not saying Tachnun, so the majority of the month we don't say, we don't say the rest of the month either. We've said this also a million times, if the non-Jews would know how much pleasure the Jews have when they don't have to say Tachnun, for that itself they would convert. We don't say Tachnun the entire month, and all the other trimmings, we don't say Lamnatzeach, Yerachapayim, Avarachim, Tzikoscha, and Shabbos. We may not fast throughout the month of Nisan, except, out of Pesach, the Becher, the firstborn fast, and Chos and Kala fast, even if it's a Shredish. But not on Israchag, not the day after Pesach. For those that get married until Shredish year. Also, after, so as we mentioned before, that from Shredish onwards, we read the Pashas Hanosi the Nasi that represented his tribe, his Shevet, and he brought a Karbin for the Chanukas HaMishkan. Each day was a different Nasi, representing a different tribe. On the 13th day we read, Yud Gimel we read, Zeis Chanukas HaMizbeach, Kenasa HaSamaneda, which represents Shevet Levi, but we don't say the Yehidotzen that's printed thereafter. After we say the Nasi, we say the Sihirotzin, which is printed in the Siddur. Even Kahanim and Levim say it as well. You're so kind. Give me this Siddur here, please. The big Siddur. That's the talks and tale? Yeah. Thank you. Now, for those of you that are up to date with this, and I've been saying it every day, I've been saying it all our lives. The Nasi, which is also the Torah reading for Hanukkah, and therefore on the back of almost every city that has Torah readings. The Hiratzen reads, very, very interesting. It says, Yiratzen v'nach Hashem alekei v'lekei v'sai May it be the will before you, God, God of our fathers, we can say in your great compassion, your great kindness, on the Shmosan Kaddishan of the holy souls, the Mishachin, Kitsiparim, that are renewing like birds, Mitzavtzafin, and are tweeting, Mishabchin, Mitzalin, Alama Kaddish Israel, and are praising for your holy nation. And then we say, Rebbeinu Shalala, Master of the Universe, Tachnes Yisrael, Hanach Tzipori Kadisha, Lasar Kadisha, take in these holy souls, these holy birds, that all that they're saying before you, I and the Rasa, the Kim, so no other God except for you. And then we have a Hirotz, and if I come from this Shevet that was just said, 
But what in heaven's name is this prayer? About the soul, the souls that are tweeting that are what happened here? They had they were they, they would had Twitter in these days. Yeah. What are they, what are they, what are they tweeting about? This Tvila apparently was written by a f- person called a person who wrote the Sefer Kavayosher. The person who wrote Kavayosher was a holy Jew. He was the Rav of Frankfurt, our mine. He's buried in Frankfurt, actually. He's buried in the old cemetery next to the right across from the Pnei Yeshua. Um, you can ask Rabbi Google about Kav Hayasher, the author of the Kav Hayasher. You get the writing in your Wikipedia of all about his history, all about like three, four lines about his history. The reason for naming the book Kav Hayasher, his name was Tzvi Hirsch. And Tzvi is Gematria 102, and Kav is 102, and Hayasher, which means the straight line, Kav Hayasher is the same letters as Hirsch. Before we go into the actual Kav Hayasher, and why he wrote this, and what he wrote here, I have to give a little shout out a Mazel Tov to a neighbor, a good friend, Rabbi Akiva Pearl, and also who did a shidduch today, yesterday, is doing L'chaim tonight with another very close friend, L'chaim Ezzet Tzvassman, Pearl's daughter with L'chaim son. They have a lot of nachas. Maybe Shom Tevim Mitzlachas, Mazel Mit Glik, Shbiyah Binyan Adayad, etc., etc., I am only hoping and praying that saying this now will save me from having to go down to the Lachayim. No. I have to go to a wedding first. Kavayosha writes. And the Kavayosha is the one that writes this, that composed this Yehidotzen. Dabra Melech says, in the Holy Tehillim, he speaks about the Tzipar that found the home. And about its nest in which it dwells. Dovra Melech didn't mention anything on a superfluous fashion. He wasn't just poetic. Whatever he said, he referred to something very, very holy. And therefore, the translation... Who is he referring to? The Tzipar Matzabayis. The Zayar explains the Pashas Bolok of the different levels of Gan Eden that there are. And the Tzadikim are sitting and they are organized in three rows and they are resting with different rooms and the levels of what the tzaddikim are going and how the tzaddikim are walking around through them and they're all praying. And even though <coughs> they're not part of their rows, they still find themselves a home here. And the, the, the concept of bias of a home is einig, of pleasure. And therefore they find the pleasure here in their Ganadin spot. Why are they called Tzipayr? Because in the month of Nisan, the bird begins to chirp. So too they are chirping by Ganeiden. Each and every morning, just as the birds are chirping, I don't know if you ever have the experience, we have Baruch Hashem a tree, and we've spoken about this as well, in a previous Shurim, I have a tree next door to me, where when the tree is blossomed, the birds come and flock, and they congregate, literally, they congregate, and you wake up to chakras in the morning, you have your windows open, you hear the birds chakras. They start singing and chirping, say in Hebrew, Chaval al-Azman. It's amazing, you know that the birds are davening chakras, there's nothing to talk about. I can't give you the exact time of the Minchah and the Mayer, but I can tell you the chakras... 
as soon as the sun rises. They daven with the nets. And therefore this is referring to also the tzaddikim who come around on this time of Chedesh Nisan and they stand up by Chedesh Nisan by these gates. And we are therefore, he goes into here what, are they, what do they do to merit this and what it goes on, how come they're in here, what does it have to do with Chedesh Hazal Achem, the union of Chedesh Nisan, a very important thing that he brings out here is a very big mitzvah <coughs> of Chedesh Nisan is one we have to give tzedakah and panasa for the poor people. And there's a little dispute what way do we have to give tzedakah one holds that we need to give them money, and one holds we need to give them literally the food, the wheat, the matzahs, the chicken, the fish, etc. And they're not even yates if you give money. And a person therefore has to think very well through, after Chedesh Nissen, if they actually gave the proper amount that they had to give, that they had allotted them to give, because the first month of the year according to a lot of opinions, is Chedesh Nisan. So much more so to people like Gabay Tzedakah that are in a lot of trouble during the course of this month because they have to see to giving out. And I can only tell you, attest to my own lifestyle with the Dihav Avuvda, about 14 years ago, 15 years ago, I undertook to distribute, not to the Aniyim Chas they're not poor, but they are the teachers of our school. And we have a program that we distribute to them their entire yomtif. We give them chicken and meat and fish and matzah and wine and grape juice, fruits and vegetables, etc. And um, we can almost make this as an appeal. Um, you can either send checks or you can use your PayPal account. This is a, a real official advertisement we're putting in here. No, seriously speaking. Um... So the mitzvah of Ma'ezchitim is an extremely, extremely important mitzvah this month. And because that it's in Chedesh Nisan that this comes about, so when we say this Yiratzim, the Yiratzim that the Kavayosha uh, composed, it refers to these Nishambas HaTzrikim HaTahedim that are outside of Ganeidim davening for us. And we are davening in, in retrospect that the tefillah should be accepted and they should be allowed into Gan Eden and that everything should be heard for, on our behalf. I'm not going to devote as much time as I thought we would to that because there are so many other things to discuss. Another custom of Chedesh Nisan um a person that goes out and sees trees, the trees, the fruit trees that are blossoming, needs to make a bracha. And the bracha is, of course, Baruch Hashem Akenim Achelam. I'm sure you'll all remember this. Shleichisa Beilam Eklum, Barabe Briyes Teves, Veilanes Teves, Lehanes Behem Bnei Adam. Yes, now when someone, whoever hears that, says, Oh, Bnei Adam, I know what that is, that's before. Kaparas, yes. No, it's the wrong thing. Anyway, the bracha is found in most Sedunim, if you don't find it. I've seen a tremendous thing that really mind boggles me when I saw it, why Mashiach has not come. Jews that have fruit trees outside their house paid to have signs made and they put it in the yard in front of the trees so if people come by, they can say the bracha. They don't have to look it up. I've seen it many, many places. It's unbelievable. This can only be done in Chedesh Nisan. You cannot do it any other time of the year. Um, so as you go through, and now since it was a a leap year, so therefore the month the trees will be blossoming in Chedesh Nisan. If it will stop snowing out here. Um, well, I got, we guess we, we finished with the snow, it looks like. But then again, don't talk, huh? <laughs> and it's the first sighting that we have of a tree that we make this bracha. 
And it's only, of course, on a fruit tree. Um, there are those that say that it should be only a place where there's two trees growing together, but we're not machved. To that, we do it on one tree alone. Uh, jumping ahead, the, for the Shabbos, this Shabbos, unfortunately, does not have a special title to it. We passed Shabbos uh, Pada, Parshah Chedesh. This Shabbos is a uh, quiet Shabbos. We have an off Shabbos. So we can rest this Shabbos and we'll need it because next Shabbos is Shabbos HaGodl. Shabbos before Pesach is referred to Shabbos HaGodl because the great miracle that happened on the Pesach in Mitzrayim and on that Shabbos, the 10th of the month of Nisan, the Jews took their sheep <laughs> and tied it to their beds. We're laughing because in Atlanta, Georgia, the congregation is taking together a collection and they're buying a sheep and they're tying it on the 10th of Nisan Metrem to the front of their shul, shul gate. And they say, Mashiach, you better come because we're ready. When the Bukhari Israel came to the Mitzrayim, to the Jews, and said, what's going on here? You have to also realize the sheep was at the time was the god of Egypt. And they came and they saw this, and they saw, answered, Zevach Pesach Hashem, where this is, the Bukharim came and asked, what's going on? They said, this is a carbon that we're going to sacrifice to our god in, in rejoicement, rejoicing, of the fact that he's going to kill all the firstborn. Well, the Bukharim heard that, the firstborn heard that, they ran to Parai, and they said, let these Jews out here, we don't want to get killed. Well, he didn't want to. That's when the war st- was staged, as we say in Davening Lamake, the Davening Melech says, Lamake Mitzrayim Bifchereim, that the Mitzrayim were hit by their own firstborn. Sintilim, Kuflam that the Almighty hit the Mitzrayim through their Becherim. And therefore this Shabbos is put as a memory forever and ever. It was called Shabbos HaGadol. Shabbos HaGadol that comes in Erev Pesach. <coughs> Haftarah is a different Haftarah, which is the Arva. Otherwise we do not say a different Haftarah for Shabbos HaGadol. And that so that Haftarah does have to do with the bringing of the Maisa, the Beisha It is not relevant to this year. It's customary Shabbos HaGodl, if it's not out of Pesach, that the Chochem, the rabbi of the community, gets up and he gives what's called a Shabbos HaGodl Drasha. He discusses the Pesach and tells Jews how to behave and what to do. Shabbos HaGodl, after Mincha, we say the Nusach of the Haggadah from Avada Meyino until the Chaper HaKolav in Iseno. You don't have to sing it like you do by the Seder, you could just say it. Because on this Shabbos was the beginning of the Gula and the miracles. We do not say Matzah Shabbos v'hinayim v'atakadosh because we do not have a full work week, obviously, because the day of Pesach, people may not work. Any week that, during that week, you're not be able to do all six days, you cannot work. You may not work, not if Purim, Purim you're allowed to work. Just no bracha in it, but you're allowed to go to work, you're allowed to do things, malacha. Any such days, any such weeks, on Matzah Shabbos, we do not say Vihinoyam, Vihata Kaddish. The night before Erev Pesach, we checked the Milchamitz. We must check immediately in the beginning of the night, which is Seis Kichov. It's customary, of course, to sweep the house and to change all linen, to do everything that has to be done during the day so that one is ready for Bdika at night. One may not begin to eat anything until, or do any kind of work, or even learn a half hour before Tzitzit Chavim, so they don't forget the Bedika. Today's day and age, obviously, people have many ways of remembering that, including wife and children. Um, if you started one of these things, the person even has to stop doing them so that the person starts to do the Bedika. We said that if you have a, somebody that will remind you, then you can stop. You can learn so that you can stop. 
immediately they can go to shul because they know that immediately after they're going home and they're going to the bedikah. Um, if someone doesn't have a doesn't go customarily every night to Maidiv, they can daven right after six kavim and do the bedikah. Someone that does go every night to daven Maidiv and Minyan should go to Minyan first. Okay, we'll discuss the next week bedikas chametz, how it's done, what's done, and hopefully we'll discuss things of the seder. The interim, we are hoping and praying that the words of the Amaroyim, the words of Teda. And of Beis Nisan, that we are going to be given the ultimate ness of the Geulas, of the Geula of Mitzrayim, of the Geula of Golos, as the Shikr, as the drunk asked, said the Beinah Shalim, he took us out of the past Golos, take us out of this Golos, and this very Shabbos we'll all be sitting and listening to the different halachas that are relevant, how in the Beis Hamikdash we're going to bring the Karb Pesach, and... Um, I may even join up with the Atlantic group over there for that sheep. No sheep? It's off? Oh no, it's rat. They let it loose. They let it out of the pen. Alright, well we'll get you back on track, Mitchell. Shabbat Shalom to all.